Good morning, boys and girls, crypto traders of all ages. Um, an informational update, and just to have full disclosure up front, I'm testing a new setup for podcast recording. Any feedback will be appreciated. My expectation is clear sound. I'm also trying to resolve a potential popping issue that I cannot confirm is coming from my side versus the speakers um, versus the microphone. So I'm testing it. We'll see how it goes. But an informational update, I thought it might be helpful to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is, of course, unminable.com. If you don't know what unminable is, don't feel bad. It's one of those where you would have had to have known what you're looking for in advance or have been told from going to Reddit or some other site, and you would have stumbled across this tool that alleges that you can mine cryptocurrencies of various kinds and basically get payouts and things like Bitcoin, even SHIB, Litecoin, uh, Hot, One Inch, Uniswap, Pancake, uh, Pancake Swaps, Cake, and a number of different others. So if you felt like you wanted to get into crypto mining, there are a number of such services. Nice Hash is one. Nice Hash only does Bit. I believe it's Bitcoin only. Uh, there's Pro Hashing. They do similar to what Unminable does. I am ethically opposed to Pro Hashing, and I'll cover that on a separate update. Um, then there's Unminable, and there's a couple of others out there. But it's if you wanted to get into mining, this is the easiest way to do it. It's not the only way to do it. It is the easiest way, the least disruptive way, the least time-consuming way to do so. So if you have, essentially, think of it this way. You don't need a super high-end machine. However, it doesn't hurt the matter. What you do want to make sure you have is an NVIDIA or AMD dedicated or aka discrete graphics card in your computer of choice because the various mining tools that are out there are looking for a dedicated graphics card because they are using the memory of the graphics card and in order for it to be effective, it wants discrete memory and that is found on discrete graphics cards. The question gets raised, can you mine with your CPU, your processor? The answer is yes, but there's a, it's a waste of time. There's no value in doing it because think of crypto mining not in terms of processing power. And I know that's going to be kind of weird, but don't think of it in terms of processing power. If you've ever heard of or you've ever been exposed to SETI at home or some folding at home or some of these other tools that were out there where they say, let us use some of your computer power in order to help solve, you know, COVID, help solve cancer, help solve these diseases around the world. It's a similar concept. So I'm going to try to simplify and break it down because it's important you understand how it works in order to understand what Unminable is offering you. When you have a discrete graphics card, it has memory that is dedicated to video processing. That memory is basically the similar type of RAM that you would have in your computer, but because it's dedicated on the video side, it tends to be more performant than you would have regular RAM. Plus, because it's in the graphics card, the graphics card can directly address or access that memory in order to produce the video that you see when you are, let's say, gaming or browsing videos or whatever it is. When mining comes into play, it wants to use the, the memory that's in your graphics card. And what it's doing is it's basically allocating as, as much of it as it can for it to then do its operations. And you can think of these as reads and writes to the memory from which it is attempting to solve 
calculation problems, equations that have been presented to it. In return for successfully solving these, you then get a reward, and the reward is paid out to you. And in this case, for unminable, you are selecting what the reward is that you want. So fundamentally, your machine might be mining Ethereum or Ravencoin or some other token, but you are paid however you ask to be paid because it's usually going to be equivalent to a fiat amount. So if you go into unminable.com, the first thing it asks you to do is choose what coin you want to mine. Before you even go and collect, select coin, you need to make sure you have a machine that is adequate to the task. I would not rely on the CPU. I would not rely on people who say, yeah, I can pull out these eight old laptops deep, 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 because ultimately you're not going to be satisfied with the results and you're going to think it's garbage. The key is you want a dedicated graphics card, whether that's NVIDIA or it's AMD. You would know if you have a dedicated graphics card because when you go in to your to back of your computer and you try to plug in something, if it's a tower, it's not going to be in the upper section. It's going to be in the lower section in what looks like a slot that's almost guaranteed to be a dedicated card. You won't know if it's NVIDIA or AMD unless it has a logo. If you built your machine, you know if you got one, then chances are you do have one. But if you bought it off the shelf, you may not know. Another rule of thumb, if you pay less than $400 for that computer, chances are it doesn't have a dedicated graphics card, or if it does, it's not going to be all that strong. Doesn't mean it won't work. You just have to be aware. It's not, it's, it's all about the graphics card, and graphics cards, dedicated graphics cards are very expensive is what I'm getting at. So the cost also is a way that you can know. If it's a laptop, believe it or not, there are laptops that have dedicated graphics cards. However, they are the exception to the rule. I have a high-end HP laptop right now. It does not have a discrete graphics card. It's still an Intel built-in graphics card, even though I spent a lot of money for it because the thinner laptops charge you for the benefit of it being thin not necessarily the components. So if it's a gaming laptop and you know it's a gaming laptop, you know, an Alienware or whatever, chances are it's got a discrete graphics card. If you purposely bought a gaming laptop to game, you would have already known that in advance. So key is it needs to be a discrete AMD or NVIDIA graphics card. The second, that's, that's the first challenge. The second challenge is to know how much memory comes with that card. The way you, the easy way you can know that is to go into your computer's settings. And if what I'm saying right now is going to confuse you, then pull out Google and search this. In your computer settings, you want to view the specs of that card. So first find what the model of the card is. Your computer settings should show you just the model of the card that you can Google search and it should spit back what are the base specs of it. You want memory that is at least four gigs. Most of the low-end discrete cards are rocking two gigs. Does that mean you can't mine? No, you still can, but it's not going to be, in my opinion, adequate performance. You want minimum four. If you bought, let's say, an RTX 2080, I'm throwing out one, and I bought that guy back in 2019 or 2018. If you bought a 2080 RTX, it's got about six gigs of RAM, you're probably okay. If you had a 1060 that came with a gaming PC that you had, it might have four to six. But if you had a business PC, it's probably got two to four. So you need to make sure that you investigate how much memory is in this guy before you take that next step. Once you understand how much memory you've got, you're ready to then start the mining process. 
In Unminable, after you select the token that you want, it gives you instructions on what to do. Make sure you read it. Don't let yourself get frustrated. Read it. It's a one page and tells you everything you need to know about how to configure the miner in order to get started. Now, I want to answer a couple of questions before they become questions. Number one is, well, which miner, it has one, two, three, four options here. Which one should I choose? Nobody can tell you. As a general rule of thumb, from my experience, and this is not an one way or the other pointing, I'm saying from my experience, if you're rocking less than four gigs of RAM, I would recommend G minor because G minor tends to be more friendly to those lower memory processors. If you have more than four, I would recommend T-Rex minor because T-Rex minor tends to be more aggressive in how it does the process. So you're talking a balance there. However, that doesn't negate the value of the other minor utilities that are out there. I'm simply saying from my experience, this is what I might recommend. Ultimately, read that page, understand how you're configuring it, and it's easier if you have some knowledge of batch scripting, if you've ever written a batch script in your life, whether that's PowerShell or command line or whatever, it's easier for you to understand what it's asking. There are pre-configured downloadable things, and then you just go in and edit it, but if you've not done scripting, it might be a little bit daunting. I'm not, I'm going to warn you straight out. But it's reasonably simple once you understand what it's asking you read that page and you read the helper. They link you straight to help articles about how to go and do the edits. Once you have this done, now I'm going to give you my final caveat for this whole process. And this applies regardless of whether it's this one or nice hash or pro hash. It doesn't matter. If you're going to run this process on a computer that you own, which is chances are the case, I would make sure that you don't have any access to any other computer. By access, I mean like network, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, chances are you don't. You don't have any sort of password manager configured on it or active used on it. You don't have any saved password stuff on it. You don't have any files saved that you care. Like for mine, I use my gaming PC. My gaming PC, there's nothing to it. It's Steam games that I can download again. Some other stuff I've downloaded that's all replaceable. Like I don't really care about this and some photos. I don't really care about the content of it. It doesn't matter. I have it configured on my primary work PC, not work as in full-time work, but work from home. Because the way I have it configured, it is it's isolated from the rest of the operation. So I'm not worried about it. But this is an advanced configuration. For you getting started, I would advocate do not have it be a machine that's isolated from anything else you care about. Think about it that way. And the reason I say that is because sometimes you might start doing getting into this and there's some malicious code in some of the minor. Like you'll find that your virus software will go haywire when you start firing it up and you actually do need to exclude it, which is okay. But in some other cases, you might find that what you mine, like the coin trigger something, but other coins don't. And those is based on this, based on the, what you put in the file. The server also plays a factor that you're going to be connecting to. Some servers seem to be a little bit sketchy than others. So there's, it's a very risky operation. That's what I'm getting at. And so I would advocate that you do not have any sort of important thing going on with this. Secondary to that is 
understand this means that your machine needs to be left on so we can do the work and connect it to the internet so that it can update the work and upload what it's done. If you are concerned about the electric bill, then you might want to factor that in in your budgeting. In my case, my gaming PC never got turned off anyway, so it didn't matter. And I use it as a media PC. So it seemed like a key opportunity to just have it do some mining in the background when I'm not gaming, which I don't game heavily. And then if I'm watching a movie, it can still mine in the background because it's not disruptive to the graphics processor itself. But if you're getting into this and if you're planning to spin up a PC that was never on, you need to budget that, count for the power. Your power is based on the card, not your power supply. What do I mean? Your power supply has a capacity. I'm not gonna get into the nitty gritty, but ultimately your power supply has a capacity. The capacity is always going to be higher than the individual components because it needs to be sufficient to power everything that you're doing plus a little bit of pad. So your card has a power consumption, which you can see when you search out the specs of the card, you'll be able to tell what its power consumption is by itself. When the card is engaged, it is engaging other components on the motherboard, including fans, as well as your regular RAM. So all of these components together create a total consumption of power. The power consumption I'm referring to is the power consumption of the card as it's doing the work. So to give you a sense of what that means, the graphics card in my gaming PC is about 200 watts when it's engaged. But because it was already always on, I didn't need to change my budget because it doesn't use more than when I, when I would be gaming. Whereas my work PC, it's about 65 watts. So depending on the strength of your card, the strength of your card is going to tell you what that power consumption is really going to be when you search the specs out. The reason you need to count that in your budgeting is because of ROI. ROI, otherwise known as return on investment, is if you're going to spend money on an energy bill or whatever, whatever it is that you're spending money on, when you start doing this, you want to make sure that it's going to generate you a good return, as in how much money you plan to make off this thing should be enough to either offset, if possible, or help you gain profit, but more likely just offset some of the expenses necessary to do it. So in my case, to give you an example, if I were to put all my stuff at hardcore, full-time, full throttle, I can get about $4 a day. You're in your mind, you're like, well, that's not a lot. It's not, but it's $4 a day using power I was already using for machines that were already on, whereas before, I wasn't getting anything for that power. So there's a recoup. It actually basically pays for itself, but that's because I had in my gaming PC, a strong enough graphics card to justify it. If I only had two of my work PC, it probably wouldn't be enough to justify it. That's the calculation you want to make if you're going to get into something like a mineable. Because a mineable's payouts, the way that it's structured, is based on essentially a fiat amount, which is based on your cards. When you go into a mineable and you make the selection, you configure your miner, you fire it up, and you start working it, what then happens is behind the scenes, your computer has said, all right, I got my memory set aside. I'm ready for your calculations. I want the smoke. Give me what you got. Upstream, the server is requesting and helping your computer find blocks. I won't get into the details, but understand that your computer is part of a pool of a bunch of computers who are all vying for the same work.
And based on how many computers are in the pool and how much work there is to do, you may or may not get any jobs for quite a while. That's okay. You have to just let it run. There will be times when it's super high. There are times when even my work machine has been able to do, because its performance scales up, it's been able to go equivalent to my gaming PC because of the way that the engines work in the miner. So there's times it's up and there's times it's down and you just have to accept that. Don't stare at it. Don't even worry about it. Think about it in the back of your mind, especially if it's a machine you're spinning up just to do it. If it's your gaming PC, just know when you're ready to game, you're going to stop the engine. When you're ready to go back to mining, you're going to start up, run the script again, and you're back up and running. But don't think about it beyond that because it'll just stress you out. There is a dashboard widget they offer that lets you see the progress of your miner or miners and how much work it's received and how much you've generated in terms of profit. However, again, don't stare at it. Just know it's there. And at some point, it's going to pay you out to your public key, which goes to wherever you told it, whether that's your exchange, like you could send it to your Coinbase wallet if you want. You can send it to your wallet if you want. It doesn't matter. You give it what public key that you want them to pay out to. And then you indicate whether you want them to automatically pay out or you want them manually pay out. All of that's within your control and it's part of the instructions. Once you have gotten it set up, it's turnkey. You can just let it go. You can imagine then that if you were to get enough money through your job or through an, uh, an inheritance or something else where you could get multiple of these machines, yes, you feasibly could set up a, quote, farm and have multiple workers all generating crypto for you. Yes, you could do that. But again, you need to calculate that ROI because at some point you will hit a point of law diminishing returns where all of a sudden, even though you got X number of machines all running crypto, the point is your energy consumption for each machine essentially doubles. So while you're, and yes, your returns double, but it's still not significant enough, you would have to spend thousands of dollars on the high-end graphics cards to get the higher level performance necessary to offset it, but that's a significant investment up front. If I were to give you a recommendation I am not advocating any one vendor or manufacturer. I'm saying as a recommendation, if you were to come into significant cash where you didn't have any concern about feeding your family, yes, you might consider investing in one of the super high-end graphics cards that's like 5,000 bucks, toss it in there, because at that point, it's going to negate pretty much your entire energy bill. But again, it would only make sense if you could do that safely without affecting anything else as far as expenses in your life. Now, that's unminable in a nutshell, as well as kind of a brief overview of how the whole process works. What are the downsides, though, of unminable? Well, to be candid with you, unminable is, is not daily payout. The payouts are based on thresholds, which means that you have to mine a certain amount or greater before they will pay you out. That threshold changes for each coin, but you can reasonably draw a fiat equivalence to the coin and to the threshold. So let's take BNB, which is a Binance token. The Binance token is 0.1, 10%. of its current price is about 50 bucks. If you're mining $3 a day, you can do the math yourself, right? It may not be worth it for 50 bucks a month. It might be for you. You might have a better card than I do. 
you might have five computers with a great card where you can get that number up to 10. And then all of a sudden, it's like $50 a week. That's not too bad for crypto. But again, the energy bill comes into play and so on. Something like Tron, that coin, you can pretty much get daily payouts on a decent mid-range PC because it pays $1.50 per payout. Because Tron currently is around 10 cents and the payout's 1.5. So you can get $1.50 each. The problem is, what can you do with $1.50? Now, if you've spun up a bunch of machines and you can get it to do 75 Tron per day, that's not bad because you're now doubling what the normal daily payout would be. So it's this game of numbers. And you're doing the calculations and you're playing with the numbers and picking the coin that makes sense. The final thing and the most annoying thing you got to worry about with this whole business is conversions. Certain coins that are easy to mine, like a Tron, are difficult to convert because they're a different blockchain, they're a different network. So when you try to convert, like for example, Coinbase itself by itself does not take Tron. You cannot do it. You would have to send it to a wallet or use Tron, Tron service directly, but nobody does. Send it to a wallet convert Tron to something else like XRP or something else. You have to find the right pair to get it out of there. And there's some conversion tools as well. Once you get it out of there, you can convert that coin to something else. Well, you, you're going to get hit with fees each time you do that. So it's a give and take of, yes, you're making more because you're able to get more off the mining activities. But the downside is that conversion is harder and thus you're going to get nailed with fees that really lower your takeaway versus going to something like BNB or Bitcoin directly, where the thresholds are so high that it's it's kind of a wash. So you're going to feel frustrated in trying to find the right coin for your situation and your hardware. That's normal. Don't feel bad. Just understand it's the way of it. It's the way that they have it set up that the payout is really not, you're not mining the coin. You're mining something else and they're paying you in fiat for whatever coin that they support. But that means that whatever coin it is, you're on the hook to make sure it gets to the right place. This is different now than prohashing in some ways because prohashing has daily payouts if you have Coinbase and there's no fee. So you can pick any coin that Coinbase supports, send it straight to Coinbase. You're not charged a fee and it's slick and clean. But as I said, there are ethical issues with prohashing that make it where I can't recommend them that I'll talk about later. But this is unminable. Hopefully that's been helpful. Hope it has been beneficial if you've been curious about it. I'm not saying don't do it. I have said I don't recommend it if you're not in America, but maybe it's your last best option and that's fine. All I said was, okay, just make sure that you're aware going in what you're dealing with. Read the instructions clearly. It seems like a lot, but it's really not that difficult if you want to get into it.